Does anybody want to try an intro? Uh, what does that mean? Uh, hey, this is the Fan Gamer Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, wait, Michael, I want you to do it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you got a good, you got a good voice for radio, man. I do. Yeah. No. I don't know. You got it's you got good character in your voice. I like. Uh, it. let's see. Wow! Welcome to the Fan Gamer <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I could try that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you, go. you gotta get up on the mic, though. Wow! Welcome to the... F- this. <laughs> wow! Welcome to the Fan Gamer Podcast. I was about to say something else. Darn it. <laughs> hey, you got one more take, Michael. Don't blow it. This is it. <sighs> this is the big one. Nailed it! Nailed it! Yeah! Yay! Yeah! Good. yeah. Well, the, the, except it's not the Fan Gamer Podcast. We are your friends at Fan Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> and this is the podcast where you get to hang out with weirdos who work at a video game merchandising. That's company. us. I'm your host Charlie, and I'm joined today by Michael and Reed. Say hello. 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 Cool. Nice synchronization. That's some stereo for me, anyway. <laughs> um, so, Reed, you've already been on this show before, so we're going to start with our new guest. Oh, boy. Michael, tell us, who are you and what's your history with Fangamer? Uh, it is I, Michael Ferguson. I've been with the company since, boy, how long, Reed? Like, yeah, feel, feel free to help, Reed. Like, yeah, that's, that's like basically like, since the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Started, yeah, started at, in your... Uh, what three bedroom apartment? Two bedroom. Two be- oh, One okay. bedroom was Fan Gamer. So oh, it was still a three bedroom. Uh, basically, no, it was definitely only two. It was two bedrooms. <laughs> uh, basically, just I think at the beginning it was just helping, like packing, uh, like the Mother Three handbooks when those were like, yeah. like the hottest thing. Yeah, I remember uh, the entire kitchen was filled with handbooks. We had like towers we had to like navigate around to get through. Your yeah. your driveway was like a. a nightmare just mm-hmm. like i'll show up one day and just nothing but boxes mm-hmm. so you you just helped out on and off on and off uh until i'd say probably like you started getting more regular helping out in the mailroom probably around like 2010 i'd say yes and then i think it was 2013 when you went full-time wasn't it yeah i think that was around the time um if i if i remember correctly i think everybody at the time marched in Around the table while I was working at, because I was folding shirts, <laughs> uh, and then it was like cla- I was clapping, and then it was like, "All right, we're gonna steal you away from Jim Quick." That's right. We don't I, know because you were determined, determined to continue working for Jim Quick, the uh, the the car sales magnate of Tucson. Yeah, and I think this is worth a little extrapolation here. Jim Quick, not only is he a big Used used in new car dealer here in Tucson. He actually, I mean, he's uh, naturally he's a rich guy because he owns like I don't course, know how yeah. many dealerships. You can only uh, you can only run so many dealerships before you just become rich. You have to be rich. Legally, yeah. Well, I, can, I to, can tell you, he owns he owns the one on probably not that far away from the office. He has one in downtown Tucson. He has one like basically in uh, Green Valley, Tucson. Which if you don't know where Green Valley is, um, it is about an hour and a half away. It's from- it's basically straight south from Tucson, and I think the average age uh, of the residents in uh, I think the, both the mean, median, and mode age 
Uh, no, no, I think the mode's higher. But uh, the mean and the median age is about 65. Is that is Florida. It's Tucson's Florida. Yeah, yeah. basically. It's just like I, I drank, like, the dealership up there would close at 6 o'clock. And I had to ask that question, like, why do you guys close so early? Like, we're still open <laughs> at till 8. Oh, like, don't you know? And I, was, I think I was new at the time. I was like, yeah, all, our, all the people here are at the age of, like, 60, 70 years old. So they're done by 6 o'clock. Yeah. Like, oh, they're, okay. they're in bed. Yeah. No reason to stay open. So anyway, so Michael, your former employer, Jim Click. Yes. Two points of interest about Jim Click. First was that his visage towered over the original Fangamer office, our first office. Yes. Mm, he loves a, fish tacos. He loves fish tacos. There's a big old billboard with Jim Click's face says, I love fish tacos from Del Taco or whatever. I don't remember where <laughs> so, it was. So, so not, not only is he is he rich and well-known, he's an influencer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in the fish taco market. I mean, I didn't know they needed him, but apparently they did. Uh, but the second point of interest for Jim Click I was uh, visiting my friend Pipkin. He was get. I was at his Idaho for his wedding, and a race was on. And I was at his like his father, future father in law's house, just watching this race because there was nothing else to do. And it was a bunch of people in really old cars. And I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "You don't know about this." Apparently, every year, anybody who owns a Kobe Shel- or sorry, Shelby, a, a Shelby Cobra. A Kobe Shelbra. Uh, <laughs> the the Shelby Cobra is this really souped up, incredibly expensive, like handmade car. It was made by Carol, Shelby. Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby. Uh, and he made uh, a couple hundred of these cars, apparently. And then he stopped. I don't know. He died. Something happened. But only a very set number exists. Apparently, every year, all these millionaire and billionaire people that own them, they get out and they erase them. Okay. And... Inevitably, they crash. And so every year, there's fewer and fewer of these cars <laughs> racing. And Jim Click was in the race. He was in first place when I was watching this race, and it blew my mind. Because I knew him as Mr. Fish Taco. So when I saw that he was winning a race... Yeah, it's a completely different state, like yeah, up in like, Idaho. Yeah, it was in Idaho. There was no context for Jim Click to exist in Idaho. And there he, he is. He had come down from the billboard and onto the TV. It was incredible. <laughs> It was a huge moment in Fangamer history. It's like, Jim, Michael's, our future warehouse mailroom guy's boss is right there, about to crash right before my eyes. He didn't actually, I don't know if he crashed. I don't think he did. You were too distracted by the existence to pay attention to the race. Yes. So anyway, uh, yeah. So, so Michael, we hired you away from that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I know that uh, that you were very hesitant to, to leave the uh, the the protective uh, wings of <laughs> well, Jim Click because you know you were obviously uh, you you felt the power. You were able to walk around and like if anybody gave you any guff, you'd be like, well, you can't treat me like that. My boss owns a dealership. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> well, I, I wish I could have got away with that. <laughs> Oh, you didn't you didn't play that card? No, you really should have. It works yeah. every time. Yeah, at that time it was basically um, I could have gotten hired a little bit earlier, but uh, Steve's wife, Steph, ended up taking the job after me because due to uh, bad or I should say, part poor math calculations on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you thought you thought you were getting paid more by Jim Click. Yes. But it turns out. He actually doesn't get rich by paying his employees very well. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> and so, and, and it took Steve to basically come in and tell me, actually, Michael, you'd be getting paid more working with us than working at Doom Clegg. And I was like, oh, 
Oh crap! And and so what? <laughs> and happened? then you took the job. Yeah, basically, I kind of like I kind of like waffled on it for a couple days, and then like I think I had hey, uh, that was that still wasn't quite enough to convince you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you still much. needed to to ponder for a bit. I had to ponder for a little bit. Well, because like there was like at that place, like I want I don't want to say you get slightly shamed a little bit mm-hmm. because like you're quitting. Uh, sure. Yeah, you're leaving them all high and dry. Basically, because yeah. I was the one that was basically the the the, the good employee. I mean, um, you've got to have some solidarity with your fellow workers there because you're all working for the man. Literally, you're working for the man in Tucson. It's Jim Click. So. <laughs> there, there isn't a single other like big rich guy that like there, there are plenty of big rich guys here in Tucson, but Jim Click is the one that everybody knows the name yeah. of right off the bat. Yeah, and like like. When you work for Raytheon, you don't work for Mr. Raytheon. But for Jim Click, his name's right there on the label. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Like, you could probably say he, he, like, he owns pretty much half of Tucson because, like... Yeah, yeah he's a big wheel around here. But, uh, yeah, I, I waffled on the job a little bit, and then I just, like, had that revelation, like, probably most people, just like, what am I doing with my life? And then I just, like, basically man up and, like, hey... I'm giving my 30 day notice, and they're kind of looking at me like, oh, you know, oh, 30, 30 days, 30 way too many days. days. Oh way my god, wow, been, here's my five second notice, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Reed, uh, I understand this is a slightly bigger question for you than for most of us, but I didn't ask it of you last time uh, you were here. So, what is your history with Fangamer? Which I know is basically asking you for the history of Fangamer itself. <laughs> so at this point, I'm just curious about how polished you've, uh, you've become at telling our foundational myth. Uh, you know, it was thing that we did. <laughs> thing that you did. It's pretty much all I got to say about that. Wasn't it like something you had? Yeah. Wasn't it like you're like fed up about something and you're just like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and make my own bird. <laughs> well, I was, I was fed up uh, doing Starman.net stuff for free constantly because I couldn't help myself. <laughs> well, it's really what it boils down to. I mean, you also <laughs> did that, if I remember correctly, while I was working there part time. Um, you also did that that AdMax side gig. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was When I started Fangamer, I was doing freelance web design. And Starman.net was taking up so much of my time that I wasn't doing web design anymore. I was just doing Starman.net stuff. <laughs> and, like, uh, I, you know, I kind of set up. And I was like, I can't really keep this up, even though I really like doing the Starman.net stuff. Um, but I was we – were, we had – we were deeply in debt. I was like, this really can't go on any longer. We so, gotta so, do something. so for for a while there. Starman.net was kind of like in Arrested Development, the uh, the model home, yeah. and you were living in that model home yes, for a while, exactly, hoping that some people would buy the rest of this development. Really this, want to move out of this attic, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't happening. No, yeah. And then so, there was no banana stand. Yeah, because like Starman Starman.net stuff was really all the most successful, enjoyable, fulfilling stuff I had done in my life was like Starman.net projects. You know, like they were they were big projects that I directed because nobody else was going to do it, um, and so I could go as big as I wanted. I, I had a staff that I didn't have to pay because nobody got paid. Yeah, because you weren't getting paid either. Yeah, so, so hey, we we're all on the same footing. It was really good, <laughs> and it was just it was strictly passion, and I had a lot of passion for this stuff. Didn't have a lot of money. Uh, and so as, as it took more and more of my time, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do something. Cause like something's got to give. And I didn't want to just stop doing this. It wasn't just earthbound stuff, but it, you know, that was, that was all it was at the time. And I thought this could really become more than just earthbound. And so that was what Fangamer was initially. Uh, it was originally community software. Like it started as a forum, but the goal was for it to become like a suite of tools that you could run communities for. So like we were getting ready to branch out into Chrono Trigger, Phoenix Wright, 
uh, Super Mario RPG, like basically all of my favorite games. <laughs> and it, it did not take off. And the biggest reason is because uh, advertising does not pay the bills. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and so really. So, so so the idea was you you make these websites famousdarman.net, but you put some uh, some tasteful ads here and there, mm-hmm. and hope that the traffic would drive enough ad revenue to where it would pay for itself. Yeah, and like I I had a plan for it. Like there was a there was a thing a service at the time called the Deck which was a, an advertising network on a bunch of design, like web design websites that I frequented. It was a really brilliant, it was a network that was run by just one design company who hated advertising and thought it was hideous and they wanted to do it well, or do it better at least. And they did, they had, they had a really cool network and it worked. Like the people who had the ads made money, the ads were very unobtrusive. It was just really well done. And I thought we could do that. We could not do that. Yes. <laughs> Selling ads is hard. Like I didn't. We never even got to the point where we were going to sell ads. Like we were just trialing with like Google ads and stuff, and that sucked. Like you know, just display ads. It was no good. I didn't have the chops to build out an advertising network. I didn't you know have enough experience with that. But we had run a merchandise store for a long time, and so what we did because we had a cafe press for Starman.net that mm-hmm. John had you know kept populated for. He probably ran that for six or seven years, I'd say. And even before that, we would just like, I made like, we made mugs for the staff. I think we did a hoodie. We didn't really do much in the way of shirts, but you know, we had experience making batches of products. Yeah, because it turns out the shirts actually were very, like the from Cafe Press were pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, Cafe Press shirts. I mean, everything Cafe Press made sucked. Yeah, for sure. But I can say that I recently, so I uh, recently moved from one house to another and I have this uh, this mini fridge that I've been having for a long time. I bought it when I was still living in my parents' place, and I didn't want to share a fridge with them because they would eat my stuff. And um, so, so I just slowly like decorated this refrigerator with uh, with stickers and stuff. And one of the stickers on it was like this old like caution hippie sticker that I got yeah. from the cafe press, which was a really good sticker. It was one of the reasons why it was, it was just devastating for me to go bring that old refrigerator that I haven't used in years and is actually falling apart to the curbside and just like, well, oh. sorry, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> you got pasture. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I take a little bit of comfort in knowing that within like an hour of me putting it out there, it was gone. Wow. Hey, yeah, good yeah. turnaround. Yeah, for sure. Like somebody wanted that refrigerator. <laughs> and I'm like, bless you. <laughs> Probably and, for the copper. It's gonna, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> Michael, you know, well, we got to stay up. Use every thing. part of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, John had run a merchandise cafe press store for Starman.net for years. And so we, uh, we kind of thought, well, maybe we can just sell some stuff, keep the lights on until we figure out what we're going to do with Fangamer. And it turns out people really wanted merchandise uh, and it sold way better than we expected. And uh, shortly thereafter, like we had, we had been planning to release the Mother 3 handbook. It was something we were planning to do, but it wasn't, it didn't factor in. It's like, oh yeah, this is what Fangamer is going to do. This is going to be Fangamer's future. It, it was it was tied to the uh, the Mother 3 translation project. Right. Because we knew that that was coming out. Right. Uh, and we're like, you know, it'd be really cool if they came along, uh, came out alongside that. A book. Yes, <laughs> like a player's guide, just like they did back in the day for Earthbound. Um, but we we didn't contemplate any of this as being fan gamer. Mm-hmm. This is just something we were doing. But yeah, the merchandise sold really well. A couple months later, the we started taking pre-orders for the handbook, and it was so popular. This is before Kickstarter or anything, but it was so popular that Google shut us down because we were using Google's. I think it was called Google Checkout back then. Mm. Um, and it was relatively small. I mean, it was still Google, but it was two thousand eight. Uh, and you know, Google Checkout was still kind before, of before Google was really Google. 
Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the iPhone was still a brand new thing at the time. It just, you know, had just come on the world stage, you know. And so it's been a crazy 10 years, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 10 years, 11 years now. But yeah, so Google Checkout was running, you know, our, all of our transactions for the pre-orders for this book. Because you couldn't just throw it up on a Kickstarter because Kickstarter didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And PayPal wouldn't allow you to do pre-orders. And so we found a loophole with Google. And that's why we used them. And they shut us down because we were getting way too many orders. Uh, what kind of drugs are you selling? Exactly. So I – and boy, you, you want to really have a tough time. Try to find a phone number for Google. <laughs> Try to call Google. I dare you. <laughs> At least 11 years ago, it was not possible. Mm-hmm. So long story short, we figured it out, and that kind of became the basis for Fangamer. It's like, oh, wow, people want merchandise, and we're pretty good at making it, and that's you know, where it went from there. So. We, we banked on that, and it's paid off all right. It worked out pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. buildings later. <laughs> yeah. No, we, did, we ended up aban- – we didn't actually fully abandon the forum software, though. Uh, yeah, because would... we actually we ended up selling that forum software to ArenaNet for Guild Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. They used it for Guild Wars one and two, the forum community forums. And I think they only just recently stopped using it. So, Reed, what's your favorite project that you've been a part of? Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of favorites. Like my favorite, as far as the one I'm most personally like proud of, is probably the Mother Three Handbook because sure. like that was that was an incredibly stressful but fun probably four or five months of my life you know from the like there was a lot of planning that went up to it but there was really intense about five months where it really happened that was a lot of fun we pulled in i don't know dozens of people helped contribute to that and i oversaw a lot of that like i was really involved in every single page that i was you know overseeing all the writing and bringing it all together and i haven't had the opportunity to do something like a project that big that you can go to the store and buy. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of stuff that big or bigger since then, but it's not products anymore. It's like making things like Bloodstained happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, more, um, more, more logistical things instead of the creative things. Yes. Exactly. And whenever you are involved in creative things, it's much more of a, a the, the, the responsibility has been so divided amongst a team that it's hard to be like, yeah, I mean, I mean even though like Mother 3 Handbook was absolutely a team effort, you could you could see the, the, the through line of your involvement in every single page. Right. Whereas that... Yeah, I can't say that. We can't say that about any of our products anymore. Right, right. Except for like, you know, the people who are like literally design a shirt thing and that that's clearly them. Yeah. But like, you're not a shirt designer. No, I, I am not. <laughs> I've proven that several times over the years. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, other products, like I've, I've been, you know, heavily involved in a lot of major projects. The ones that people would be familiar with is Bloodstained. Uh, Shenmue, I wasn't, I haven't really had much involvement with. I've been behind the scenes for some stuff, but you know, that's mostly Dan and Ryan. And then the buildings. The buildings have been the other major, major projects that I'm really proud of that most people will never see uh, or be aware of, but they will be affected by. Because if you ordered anything from Fangamer, it's because it was in a building. Right, right. So. It's, it's kind of like, you know, your Steve Jobs going up there at the, having a conference. You know, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like he, he, he helped with some of the earlier stuff, and now he's like, Well, he's made this team and he's definitely helped make this happen. Yeah, I don't actually he, know how much he actually does. He he made the machine that made the machine that made the machines, yeah. And you know what? He gets so, to take credit for the rest of it down the line. There you go. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, the, the last project I can really say I have my, my fingerprints all over it was the Mother Three Handbook, which 
was basically our first product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we probably would not be where we are without it. Yeah, yeah. It was the one that really put us on the map. It was so. a good, good foundational stone. Michael. Yo, boy. <clears throat> so, uh, same question. What's your favorite project that you've participated in? Um, oh, boy. I think it'd have to be also the, the Mother 3 handbook, mainly just because, like... I got to be part of the, I guess I want to say part of the machine that, hey. Oh, you were part of the machine. Yeah, I was definitely part of the machine. The, the part that's like, hey, your stuff is on your on its way and in good condition. I think another one would probably be all the vehicles and heavy machinery fan gamers had to get. Mm, yeah, um, you are, you are our, uh, our forklift lord. Yes, yes and yeah. box truck lord, even mm-hmm. though I think that poor thing got tagged like the first night I was in California. <laughs> Yeah, so the, so the, the, our current box truck, we 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 bought it. Like, and then we got it like online, right? Yeah, like, the rep that I had to deal with, he was not, he was not happy with us. It's almost <laughs> like he didn't want to make the sale. No, he, well, kind of, considering that we had, I think we kept like flip flopping on box trucks. Like there was one in Phoenix. We would have got Which would have been extremely convenient for us. Would have yeah. Been, yeah, it would have been, except for the left gate was was pretty tiny. Yeah, and then the one that would have worked was in Stockton, California. So. Yeah, because like whenever we're, we're you, whenever what we need a box truck for is generally to move pallets from one place to another. Yeah, and it turns out that pallet-sized uh, lift gates are not super common. No, they're not. Well, unless you get like the bigger, like really big, like almost Pal- semi trucks. Yeah, pallet-sized lift gates. On a, on a normal sized box truck. Yeah. It's not common. Yeah. Like, like, oh, U-Haul, which actually this is a Penske that we ended up getting. Yeah. yeah. That, oh my God, that guy was so mad. He, like, <laughs> he made me, like, I had to, like, go tell Reed and write him and write him a letter why we need this box truck. He was that happy with, like, Rick Reed. He, ha- he wants you to write it. like he's the one who had to drive it to us? I was going to say, yeah. like, we're doing the work. We're paying for it, and we're picking it up. You're hardly doing anything. Why do we have to explain anything to you? You want the sale or not? <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him because he was getting so mad. <laughs> but then you got the truck. Yeah. You 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 flew. We flew you out to California. Yes. You which, picked it up. I picked it up, which I'm going to say California uh, traffic is. Very scary, especially when you're in a truck. Yeah, going through L.A. is never a great time, mm. uh, but being in a big honking truck uh, definitely doesn't improve the experience. <laughs> yeah, it does not, especially when you're just, like, watching, like, someone, like, in your rearview mirror about to, like, rear-end you, and then you kind of forget that you did put in shirts on the vehicle. Now, Michael, I would like to point out that you cannot have a rearview mirror in a box truck. Well, so. the side mirrors. Oh, okay, okay. Just getting pedantic, don't mind. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. The other... So you stopped in L.A. Yeah, and immediately got tagged. <laughs> no, this big beautiful no, truck, no. yellow Yo, truck. Oh yeah, that was because like uh, we were moving like a couple of uh, of our uh, employees out, and mm-hmm. sure enough, what was it? I think. Oh wait, the tag wasn't on the way back from. No, it oh, wasn't. It was okay. Moving out. Uh, That's Noah. right. Yeah, Noah and Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Noah moved out here. We and that was just a couple. What, a couple weeks or a month after we got the truck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Fresh, the- beautiful truck. Drove it out to L.A. to pick them up. You wake up the next morning and ta-da. Yeah, the next thing you know, I'm like rolling out of bed. And I remember like, don't tell don't tell Michael this out tagged. And I think Noah had posted a picture of it. And I'm just like, <laughs> in, my, in my apartment at the time, just like, why am I? Like, and you just like having to pop up like, oh, yeah, I forgot Michael. <laughs> You hear Michael screaming from the other side of town. I mean, we had a tradition of having vehicles tagged because our Don't. first box truck 
We tagged ourselves because it was so ugly. That thing was horrible. <laughs> if, if you if you remember, we called it the Screaming Banshee, which was in, in a few uh, fan gamer commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing, Mo- most specifically the E-Mug commercial. Yes, yeah. Uh, and but I think it was also in the uh, the the visor commercial. I yes. think that was what rode off into space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the Screaming Banshee was called that because it used to be a food service truck up in Phoenix, and anything that exists in Phoenix is baked. Mercilessly by the sun. Pretty much. And this truck was no exception. Uh, so the, the the back of the truck had one of those generic, like, ladies eating salad and laughing together, like stock photos. Right. Uh, but their faces were completely destroyed by the sun. And so all that was left was, like, you could see their teeth. And you could see their faces, but the teeth were really prominent. And it looked like they were sneering, you know? <laughs> so... So we called it the screaming terrifying. Banshee. Yeah, it was really is a frightening looking. I it, it is what ended up prompting me to like convince you to buy the truck. It always broke down in the most inconvenient spots it could possibly <laughs> break down in. Like it broke. I think it broke down. What was it? The, at our old office, like I was picking up stuff, and then the box truck just doesn't want to work. Oh yeah, it broke down all the time. And then the lift gate stopped working. You have to get a hammer to get that thing to work. Mm-hmm. My favorite one was it just lost all power next to this office, just like right mm. on the road, right at the intersection of uh, uh, Speedway and Alvernon. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't, your mom, didn't your mom see you at that time? Yes, she, she did. She just happened to be passing by. <laughs> she did, so, so basically... She's on a small town, baby. So what happened was I was driving down the road. I think you know, like, it was awfully quiet in the box truck. So I was like, okay, give it a little gas. Like, there's no gas. Like, what's going on? Look down. It's just like, everything's just dead. Nothing. Everything's at zero. It's like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. No, no, no. All of a sudden, they get a red light. Like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> so got stuck right at the intersection, and traffic was backing up for miles. Yeah, we backed it up pretty good. Yeah, and so I guess little did I know, my mom, she was actually, like, somewhere in that sea of cars that she was getting off of work at that time. And she's probably sitting in traffic thinking, what who the- is that idiot who is blocking the traffic? Actually, I asked her about that. She said the exact same thing. <laughs> and Probably. so, well, yeah, luckily I had, there was, uh, the, the police were nearby. And he was just kind of like looking at me, just like, dead vehicle? Yep. All right. Blocking traffic. Like, oh, God. Thank you. Um, so, end of the day, I go, to, I go visit my mom and... I happened to tell her about, like, you know, my adventures of the box truck breaking down, breaking down on Alvernon. And her face, like, lit up. Just like, really? That was you? I was like, yes. Why? I was like, I was wondering who was, I was wondering what idiot broke down in the, <laughs> out in the road. It's like. <laughs> Dang, you got dragged by your mom. Yeah, pretty much. It's rough. Well, Michael, what have you been working on lately? Getting ready for move some stuff from our warehouse to here for more bloodstain fulfillment. And then two, getting the office ready for moving, which is going to be fun. Our funnest move ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, our funnest mm-hmm. move ever. Well, Reed, um, when is the last time you spent less than half your day in meetings, not counting days off? Uh... <laughs> You're, you're, you know, let me tell you, you're talking to a guy that practically goes home, like, the next day. Before, <laughs> before PAX. So a little over a month ago, okay. a bunch of people left. Ah. We couldn't have meetings. Ah, so while people got left on the technicality. That's right. Uh, so August, well, that would have been August like 28th and 29th. Uh-huh. I did not 
spend my day in meetings because there were no people in the office to meet with. Perfect. It was great. Was this like was this like back in a day when like almost the entire office was like gone for packs? Well, no. I mean, this year, like a month ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought this was like back in the like in the heyday of Danny and like <laughs> no, it hasn't been years. Yeah, yeah. No. Like back back yeah. in the day when I think it was like South, not South. The South didn't exist back in the day. Um, what was it like? One in Boston and Seattle. We basically would just the office would just disappear. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, when Fangamer went to conventions, all of Fangamer went to the convention. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing left. I remember uh, maybe it was like our first year in this place. Almost everybody went to a PAX, and I was the only person left. And I ran the entire mailroom, start to finish, including some customer service. And you know what? That queue never got out of control. Yep, I remember coming back. It's like, I this is this is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, this is when you uh, developed the mythos that ultimately led to you being portrayed in our videos as a mythical being. Like, that's, that was the genesis, I think. Yeah, it turns out it was just very long hours. I didn't have anything else to do. But, <laughs> uh, listen to, I remember specifically, uh, I, I listened to uh, Beyonce's Lemonade several times, blasting loud in the office. <laughs> so, Reed, what's something that you've always wanted to accomplish with the company that you just haven't yet? Move Gamer into one of the rare like like skyscrapers here in Tucson. That sounds awful. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that means we're, that means we're in downtown. I wasn't gonna pay for parking. Fifty-one, fifty-one. That that'd be okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be actually extremely convenient for me personally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually for several people. Yeah, yeah. Incre- more and more people. <laughs> actually, that would be actually extremely convenient for me too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, hey. Um, Maybe to build our own Fangamer Tower. Well, Reed, all you have to do is just convince our contractor to just build up, even though she's going to laugh at us when we ask her. Michael, you really make it sound easy there. What, uh, asking having, or doing? Having managed the construction on the three buildings now, I can tell you that just build another story is a little harder <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> Obviously, the answer is build down. <laughs> Dig into the Kalichi. Well, Reed, uh, this was brought up this morning. We should have, you know, it probably would have been cheaper if you didn't fill in that basement. If well, you think about it. I mean, I wouldn't call it a basement. It's a basement, Reed. It was not a basement. Uh, we could have made it into a basement. No, we could not have made it into a basement. <laughs> Basements don't happen. That crawl space. Even that, even that's iffy. Something that we have not yet accomplished with the company. Uh, well, the answer to that is... Uh, the White Whale, uh, licensing with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, licensing Earthbound, essentially, is... Yeah, it, that's the White Whale. I mean... It, it's in the foundational, like, constitution of our of our company. Yeah. Uh, that whenever we do achieve the Earthbound license, we will ascend. We will uh, cease to exist. Yeah. Really. We will be raptured. <laughs> Reed, you know what you No matter where we are... Yeah. <laughs> Just flying in a just, plane, fly, flying yeah. a plane, just, as some of our employees do. Fangamer shirts left on the seat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what you should have done, Reed, was when Reggie was retiring, you should have like, hey, Reggie, you know what would be great? You know what would be super great? This would make you even look even cooler if you just released Mother 3 onto the Switch. <laughs> I mean, that presupposes that Reggie had it and was just withholding it maliciously, <laughs> yeah. which... Yeah. Is something is an attitude that we cultivated. So. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, immortalized on a robot's chicken sketch. Yes, uh, you know, I mean, when I say we, it wasn't Fangamer. It was really Starman.net that was responsible for that uh, 
for the Reggie Reggie's fault attitude. And uh, I apologize, Reggie. It's okay. Right? Please accept my apology. Uh, <laughs> please understand. Please understand. We were children. Yes. We, were we have no idea how licensing or you know stupid kids are? localization works. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, getting a license to make official Earthbound merchandise, uh, presumably with Nintendo, probably also in cooperation with eToy. Someday, we're going to figure out. At least, like, how. Yeah, uh, yeah. Somehow, uh, that's, that's really the goal. But that's uh, that's difficult, and we uh, it's not to say we haven't tried. We mm-hmm. have tried since day one, and we will continue trying. We are actively trying at all moments. So, also, Reed, I want I need to correct you. It's now it's now uh, Professor Reggie. No, oh, sorry, but seriously, yeah, Professor. Yeah, he's going to be a professor in a in a in a college. Oh, you know which one? Um, I forgot which one it was. Oh, I have I to, like, I have to look it up. I know uh, which one. The School of Hard Knocks. Oh! Wikipedia.org. I'll see what we got, Reggie. What are you going to do? The internet so he's gonna He's going to teach the Reggie. basics of yes. pizza marketing. Pizza marketing. He had some really good stuff back in the day with Pizza Hut. What was it? Was it the Big New Yorker or was it the Bigfoot? No, the Bigfoot. The he Big did the Bigfoot, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That was him. That was Reggie. He, he, he had held previous sales and marketing executive roles at Procter & Gamble, Pizza Hut, Guinness, Derby Cycle, Panda Express, and VH1. Wow. That's, pretty pretty deep resume. Well, he subsequently became a leader in residence at Cornell University. There it so, is. There Cornell. Not so, bad. Uh, Cornell people, uh, congratulations. You have a legend of the industry. There you go. We gotta one up him, Reed. You gotta become a legend in the industry. I mean, when he when he announced that he was retiring, the photo, one of the four photos in his tweet where he announced it, you can see one of the Oni masks that we sent to him. Mm-hmm. Like the Oni mask was a, a, a is a project that didn't get off the. I mean, it got halfway off the ground and then we had to ground it. But we were going to make Majora's masks and make them so that artists could like paint them custom colors and stuff. And we we're gonna do a Kickstarter. We had a whole big thing planned. And part of the charm offensive was to send masks that had been painted by really talented artists that we knew to all the Nintendo executives to help like grease the wheels. You know, hey, this is this is how cool this can be. And right as we were doing that, Bloodstained hit, and Bloodstained took precedent because we didn't have any option. <laughs> and it just uh, for a lot of reasons after that didn't didn't actually take off. But in that tweet, you can see there's a zoning mask right there in his office. Yeah, it was it, it, it was a shock to me. It, um, it, it apparently it made an impact, yeah. even if like we didn't follow up on it. Yeah, that follow listen- through is one of our issues. And the listening device that we planted into it got us a lot of really good information. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear Noah screaming right now. Don't joke about stuff like that. I mean, he did walk by. Like, uh, change staring. the subject. Change the subject. Okay, <laughs> Michael. Michael, what would you like to accomplish? Um, oh boy, what would I like to accomplish, um, as everybody's staring at me, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hey, um this, this is a chance for you to take one of those awkward pauses so that Charlie can edit it out. <laughs> ah, it was a good old uh, Charlie edits, yep. Um, give it room to breathe. I mean, you know, you know, I've actually read, read, uh, that, like, sometimes, like, these, these production things are actually, uh, very charming to people. Like, it's kind of like a thing in, like, YouTube videos where every once in a while the person, like, the face of the video will, like, talk to their production folks or the camera folks. And the people are just like, oh, look, they're acknowledging the fact that it's a production. Isn't that cute? And, you know, that really, that really ups numbers. Wow. Like, like that's, that's staged huh. in order for that purpose. Wow. Which is why oh, I that's... sometimes leave these things in there. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, everybody. You had to deal with this. Yeah. All, all, the, all the things that are edited out. 
You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how bad it gets in here. The dirty little secrets they don't want you to know. <laughs> are mostly just mouth noises. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, other than just, like, contributing to, like, Crane Gamer's success and being able to still, still have a fun job to come to. Because, A, I don't want to go back to a boring, hey, how can I help you job. Because <laughs> keep, keep that house, Michael. Yes, keep a house and a cat that I got. <laughs> so, so your long-term goal is to never have to get fish tacos for Jim Click again. <laughs> or have to see him ever again. I mean, if I happen to see him in a store, hey, I'm just here getting all checked Yeah, you know, whenever Jim Click himself goes down to the, to the Safeway <laughs> to pick up his, his little fish bits for his taco. I don't uh, think ever, I would ever see a, a rich person like Yeah, they have people for that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless I just happen to know where he lives, I just happen to just like hang out in the bush, just like wonder where he's gonna go to the grocery store. Do you have any idea where he lives? You, you don't need to admit it. I mean, you, Garrett, you, you, yes or no? He's in the foothills. He's gotta be. He's gotta be probably. That's where all the rich people live in Tucson, with a couple exceptions. There are yeah, I mean, yeah. Lisa, Lisa Frank is actually like uh, like a five minute walk from here, yeah. <laughs> and this is like midtown Tucson. She's, Tucson has she, uh, Tucson has uh, actually because you said her name out loud. She's going to listen to the oh, podcast. Yes, that's true. So, <laughs> she must not be named. Oh, sorry. I got so much to edit out now. Watch. Watch. We're going to show, gonna show up one day and they're just going to say, I know what you said. Yeah, at least we're not trying to license Lisa Frank. So at least Noah's yeah. off the hook here. Yeah. All we want to do is buy that building. Actually, it was kind of funny. Yeah, we were uh, eventually like looking at one of the buildings she owned, which was this giant monolith building. It had like, mm-hmm, like yeah. what, like 20... Like loading docks, like you could have housed basically us and and our printing company forward. They're, they're great people. Like in the yeah, same a bunch building. Of us. Like I don't think we would have ever no outgrown me. that. Also, but to say that we were actually looking at it would is is a gross exaggeration of our situation. <laughs> I know. No, no, let me <laughs> let me give it a little sense of scale because you're off by an order of magnitude. You could have fit ten fan gamers and forward printings into the current Lisa Frank building. Here it, it is a hanger. It is. It is literally. A, it See, be a plane. that would have been yeah. enough room to have the you know the fan gamer uh, airplane. Absolutely. Maybe all you could put all of those all of those companies inside the building and had and been able to put a a, a, a takeoff ramp on the <laughs> top of the building for the pri- for the private jet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It is definitely. I am almost certain that that building is bigger than most aircraft carriers. Now, so for the uninitiated, I actually don't know how big an aircraft carrier is. I just nah, don't either. Actually, yeah. <laughs> um, it's basically like um, a super like a super carrier is like would make that building like basically this building. Mm, okay, so, oh, so yeah, you yeah, basically so could uh, run, like an order of magnitude further. You could yeah. probably we should buy an aircraft carrier. So on yeah. a super carrier, you could basically fit like gosh, maybe like like five, six of this building. Like yeah. on, a, on a carrier. Well, I was saying that we could fit more than ten of them in that building. So, so this building is bigger than a super carrier. All right. So here's a question that was uh, submitted by our friend Metatony, uh, and I've Metatony. added yeah, I've added this question to my usual list of questions because I keep getting good answers to it. What keeps you motivated? Either of you may answer this question. Um, what? Wondering what weird shenanigans we're gonna get into uh, the. the Today. Mm, so just a general, like, excitement for what comes next. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. It gets you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I uh, I love springing shenanigans on people, so there's mine. So mm-hmm. 
So I provide the shenanigans. Michael fears them. And, <laughs> well, uh, and then sometimes you do the occasional lava grenade into the uh, the, the company chat, and then basically all chaos uh, oh, ensues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite thing. Chaos. <laughs> Me and chaos are tight. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, aside from that, okay. uh, not not... Not facetious answer. That's true. I do love. Yeah, it's true. You are an agent of chaos. I do you, love. You, you, you out of necessity have to be locked into this the, into this lawful persona, but you're just like straining against the bounds of it, ready to, to, to do something else. Uh, also, not hoping that I I call Reed and be like, hey Reed, Michael, it better not be something broke. It better not be something broke. Yeah, this broke. Like, no. Uh, as far as like what motivates like making fan gamer happen is what you mean, um, or is I, that is I would that say keeps question? you motivated, like keeps your your energy going. I guess to get mm. up in the morning. I, I, it's been a long time since I listened to that uh, to that question, so I'm probably I, I've been paraphrasing in this game of telephone. Morphing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Providing like the the groundwork for a lot of jobs and livelihoods. Uh, is a great motivator for getting stuff done, <laughs> like not letting things fail. Because if they do, dozens of families will <laughs> like be in big trouble. It's a great way to make sure that uh, you don't screw anything up. Mm-hmm. So, so fear, fear is fear. what you fear is the mind killer here. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a positive fear though. Okay. Uh, it's funny because it's the heart of love. I, I like the description of you being like, uh, you know, you're you're locked into this. Uh, this role of responsibility, but there, there, there's like this latent chaos that you're just kind of keeping in check. I like this a lot because my original original D and D campaign, I had a uh, one of my one of my deities because I was just creating like a pantheon from scratch over the course of a night, and uh, <laughs> so I was just grabbing like concepts and people I know, and one of them was you. There was, one, <laughs> there was a god called Reedman, uh, and he was he was a lawful good deity who had a history of being uh, chaotic, but. <laughs> But whenever like things started hitting the fan and like evil gods started like doing doing stuff, like you you assumed the lawful good mantle because you had to. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know what? you got me you got me pegged there. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is me pegging you in uh, like fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's there's my motivation right there. <laughs> so finally, are you guys playing any games right now? <laughs> I, I'm never it was a sinister-sounding laugh, Michael. I <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been trying to play um, the new Fire Emblem game. Um, I did want to get the uh, the new Zelda game, but, you know, uh, getting the cat, you know, that takes that, precedence. It was expensive. They charged $60 for this thing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I paid it. <laughs> well, for, but, for, uh, for uh, Link's for Awakening. Awakening, yeah. Yeah. I was, it didn't I cost that much when it first came out. I know. I thought it was going to be like 40 bucks. No, you would, you would think like, oh, digital only. It's going to be cheaper because you're not buying a plastic. Wow, well, no, I can tell you all about that. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. a whole thing going on there. Anyway, I had to go get a physical version anyway just because the Target had like these little like lapel pins that you get for free. So like, all right, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to pick it up digital. Like I said, I was hoping to be cheap. But you know, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, you know, game companies. Time. No matter what you do, it's you know, physical will actually become cheaper before the digital one. Though. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Or unless you get lucky and you catch a sale. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's Nintendo. I mean, yeah. so you're saying like you don't have any time to play video games, right? Well, now, not when you have an, an animal that constantly. Uh, 
gets in your way. I, I have managed to play video games with a cat. <laughs> I I'm still trying to. <laughs> I have I have a literal nine month old baby, and I'm managing to find time hey, to play video games. Hey, you know what? So. I'm, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. I'm a new new pet owner. You know what? Yeah, I, no, I'll grant you. You're like you're you're trying. You're coming to terms with this cat. I mean, yeah. you're giving it the attention it needs. Also, cats suck. So. <laughs> I mean, uh, there goes in, my there goes my view. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I had like hamsters and gerbils, it's just you know, just feed them, you know, maybe play with them for a few minutes. Put them out of their cage. cages every once in a while, make sure they're alive. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sort of or yeah, you know, just same thing with cats. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're they're there, they're hanging out. Okay, good to go. I can go kind of do whatever. You know, having a actual like four legged big animal is just like oh this 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 cat wants to be in pretty much every everywhere including the field of vision i like i was trying to play a a racing game i would not recommend um, with a new cat trying to play um a racing game because the cat will try to attack your screen Mm, wow okay that's actually that's actually extremely cute it is. <laughs> Except when you're trying to hold first place. You're and then working for like, the basis that cats are cute, though. Yeah, yeah. No, they are. But anyway. <laughs> um, but I think I think maybe I get the chance. I'm probably going to get action. It thinks it's helping. It, it, it thinks it's helping. <laughs> so what about you, Reed? Have you been playing uh, the games? Yeah, so Link's Awakening. I mean, I, I bid on it. Uh, but uh, Untitled Goose Game. Mm. Bought because the girls were you know pretty excited about I it. I heard I heard a lot of good things about that game. Well, I mean, you get to play a goose and like wreck people's days. I mean, was, pretty yeah. much. But also, I mean, uh, Chrissy Teigen and Blink One Eighty Two have both been promoting it. So. Wait, <laughs> really? what? Yes. <laughs> wow. Did you hear about this? No, I had no. And Chrissy Teigen. I don't I think, know who Chrissy Teigen is. I think she is a like a former model or something. Like or maybe I don't know, uh, but she's like she's a celebrity, mm-hmm. um, and so she's uh, she's actually got a she's pretty cool. Like I don't like almost any celebrities, but Chrissy Teigen's okay. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, there got to be a few good ones. Yeah, and she's got like you know millions of followers on Twitter or whatever. And she started like apparently I think she's married to John Legend. Is that the singer guy? I have no idea who that is either. Uh, I, yeah. I've, I, I've, I've I heard the name. Okay, at least I I've heard the name remember. of this one. I think his name is John Legend. Anyway. Uh, famous singer guy who was her husband, I think. He would, he bought it for her. And she was like tweeting about it, and then she started playing. She really liked it, so she kept tweeting about it. <laughs> and so, like for that reason alone, millions of people, a lot of people listen to Chrissy Teigen. You know, so she would be you know a uh, a classic influencer that doesn't actually need you know like uh, I don't I don't think I'm confident that. Cable, the, the guys yeah. at Panic did not pay yeah. to do this. It's just a genuine, like, she really liked the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Blink-182 had a concert this past weekend. Like, hey, everybody! Anybody playing Goose Game? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what that's... What are they uh, still doing on the stage? I, yeah, I didn't realize they were still doing it. Hey, Fire and Frenzy's still around? You know, that's true, yeah. yeah. They're, they're old. They still got it. Everything old is new again. It's great. Yeah, yeah. They just don't have any, very many... Uh, they try not to own too many ties, but, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. You get to play a game about... You know, you get to be a geese tormenting people. Just like real geese is new yeah. in real life. Torment people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just real life the game. Mm-hmm. That's real life um, the game. And then aside from that, I've been playing Into the Breach because I... Uh, I like. I thought I had downloaded a game for a plane trip I took recently. Turns mm-hmm. out I didn't. I was like, "Well, back to into the breach." Okay. <laughs> so, boy, and I got sucked right back in. That game has excellent replayability. Yeah, I, I think I played that one until I. I think I managed to uh, get all of the achievements, and then I was like, "All right, well, Dang. I guess I'm done." Did you play that much into the breach? Oh yeah, yeah. Holy yeah, sure. cow! 
Most like I, I, I distinctly remember like bringing my switch into the bathtub, uh, which is <laughs> not something I recommend for most people, but I have a good grip. Um, and just sitting there and just going, th- going through some battles and then realizing after a while, Water is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my day gone? Uh, I thought you were going to tell me that you wept because you realized you had unlocked everything. <laughs> yeah. You had nothing left to conquer. Now, I think I specifically remember I, I, I got into uh, I got into playing that uh, after seeing you play a little bit of it. Well, whenever we went to uh, John and Melissa's wedding, wedding. Ah. And I was like, yeah, that looks like, I can I'll try it out. And then within like a few months, I'd, I I I I was over. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, think- I'm a good strategist. Yeah, is what it comes down to. Strategy <laughs> games. I got your number. I mean, you figure I'd be out on top of this. I mean, that's my favorite thing: giant robots. Mm-hmm. But I haven't played it yet. And plus, I need to set up my switch. Because I mean, are you tri- down for strategy games? Yeah, he, yes, he's doing okay. he's doing the math. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm okay with strategy games. I mean, if, if you count. I'm, I'm meh on uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, meaning I can get, get to, out. Like, I can get to like I can leave this room, Michael. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> I mean, there's no anime girls in Into the Breach. Well, I mean, a giant robot, so I'm happy with that. Oh, okay, so it doesn't have to be paired with anime girls. I mean, that just just bonus. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I mean, right. there was um, what was, it? was that Bookman's one day, and they had the uh, the Mech Warrior. Um, controller setup, which is just, oh, just a huge. <laughs> yes, I wanted it so bad, but it was like two hundred dollars, and I couldn't justify it. I mean, um, have you played Backward? I have not. The, oh, just okay. having the controller, like <laughs> you just wanted game, a cool controller. I, wanted, I would, I would justify paying two hundred dollars for the controller to play this game, but it was two hundred dollars. I couldn't justify because like I'd have to. Like not pay a bill yeah. for this thing. All right, we got to get this 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 uh, this show moving because I have to go pick up a child later. So let's see here. Uh, interview portion of the program over. Initiate fan gamer news segment in three, two, one. <laughs> part where I usually try to dig up something interesting about what's going on with Fangamer, but we actually have someone here whose finger is pretty well on the pulse of everything, of every facet of this company. So, Michael, what's going on with Fangamer right now? What's going on with Fangamer right now? Well, if you had noticed that um, the uh, mail queue has been cut up. I already went over that. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Give me me something I don't know, Michael. Um, I mean, it is still caught up, so that that is... Yeah, that is still caught up. Uh... Definitely getting a lot of new merch in, so be ready for that. Um, yeah, got, right, quite cool. a, got quite a few plushies, a new fig. Well, uh, Reed, do you have any uh, news to report? No. Man? <laughs> Come on! Uh, okay, Fang Ever News. Yes, uh, we are working on our new building. Have we talked about the building on the podcast? Uh, every once in a while, I, I, I give a little bit of an update. Oh, okay. But, uh, I, don't, I don't know. What, what's, what's the very latest? I'll let you know if I've already done it. Uh, the roof is sealed. Okay, so that that is confirmed. Yes, the roof is done for and the most part. And it's been raining like crazy here in Tucson. Yeah, not a moment too soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely rained in the building, but we also, <laughs> uh, it continued to rain after we finished the roof, too. <laughs> so it wasn't quite just uh, just too late. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it is, it is <laughs> basically just too late, because now the rain is gone, and we're not going to see that again until oh, yeah. January. Even, even that, we'd be lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, the, the building move is going... We're, we're going to start moving in about a month. Yeah, so basically the first part of the move is basically the warehouse. Because, boy, howdy, we have a lot of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And basically, getting the warehouse aspect of, of the move done will probably help us, you know, expedite things a little bit faster. And we're getting a lot of stuff out of forward would also be nice. A, so that they can have space to work. And also B, because this new building is actually closer to us than forward. So moving, st- if we do need to bring stuff over here. Yeah. Well, uh, the only thing I'm going to be bringing over is uh, the new new happen shirts that we get, slash reprints that we mm-hmm. get. That would probably be about the only thing. But they will be happy that we're probably out of there because every so often I head down there to pick up stuff. I always get um, one of the employees there always be like, hey, we had to uh, move some stuff out of the way. Like, oh boy, I get to find that word when. Another Fangamer news, we are getting ready for Black Friday, and that, uh, we got it, we got it all planned out pretty well, which, this is the first year I feel like we were on top of planning. I mean, we felt like we were pretty good last year. We we did we, we, better than usual last year. But but we definitely like when, whenever 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 it hit the fan, we were like, oh. Mm, mm, uh, yeah, it turns out we didn't. Oh, we, we're going to learn from this. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is the motto of Fangamer. <laughs> We'll probably learn something from this. Yeah, we, in, in the end, we usually wing it by like some at some point in time. No, Michael, that's the old fan. This is the new fan game. <laughs> we only wing it most of the time. That's right. We, which it still is. We still somehow wing it. <laughs> yeah, so we've got our Black Friday stuff lined up pretty well. I'm pretty excited about one IP in particular that we're going to unveil at Black Friday. Mm. Uh, I can't say more than that, but um, I'm oh, very excited. What, what about a it. what a tease! It is a tease, and oh, hey, you God, go back oh. through. You know what? You know what? Some people really like a tease, though. You know what? Just yeah. really. You, you, right, know you know what we need. To, we know what yeah. we need to do. We need to put like um like um like Pokemon. Like who's that Pokemon? Except for it'd be like who? What's this IP? And it's just like a question mark. Yeah, <laughs> uh, on the shadow and on the shadowy figure. You no, gotta, it's, all, it's it's just a question mark. Yeah, it's just a there's question nothing mark. to give you any kind of indication as to what it could possibly. Yeah, be. or it could just be like a giant box and with a question mark and it's just blacked out. <laughs> and you gotta guess what it is. It could be anything. Who knows? It could be anything. That's the gift of mystery. There you go. So yeah, there, we've got one IP in particular that I'm excited about, and uh, <laughs> uh, you get the. It is not Bart Joe. Uh, no, yeah, I'm looking at the, the. We have it's all on the whiteboard behind us here, and also on that whiteboard is a uh, Jinjo that's made to look like Bart and Lisa Simpson. Uh, so maybe Charlie, you can in the show notes. Pretty upsetting. I don't. I don't like it at all. You know, oh, that's right. Didn't okay. you say you did like Jinjos for some reason, or was that someone else? Or was that? I mean, you? everyone on Earth who has ever seen a Jinjo has said that. So. <laughs> I bet you there was that one person out there, or a few people that probably like. I love Jin. There, there is an artist who made a bunch of like they they made a mold and cast a bunch of Jinjo like figurines. People bought them. I don't know why. I mean, the artist was talented. They did a good job, but it's a Jinjo. Those things are disgusting. <laughs> I know we're licensed with Rare, and this is probably gonna get me in trouble. But those are hideous characters. They should not exist. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess you're, you're kind of getting in, into this. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, move this forward. So uh, why do so, you hate Jinjos? Just kidding. So I actually, uh, so I actually thought last week that the wave of Celeste merch that we launched uh, was going to be the last launch until the holidays. But apparently, I am naive. No, that's not the case. Uh, it looks like we do have a few more things launching between now and then. Uh, so this week for Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> Which, there you go, you got your Jinjos. But none of it is Jinjo themed because you would not allow it. Right. So for Banjo-Kazooie, we have a shirt called Witchy Wishes, which is, uh, no, sorry, Witchy Wishes. There we go. uh, Designed by Nina Matsumoto and featuring the witch Gruntilda. 
We also have the Jiggy Quest hoodie designed by John Kay and the Eyes enamel pen designed by Tony Kucher. The Eyes pen in particular has a lot of potential creative uses since I, I'm guessing like it is just like the eyes as a pen, yeah. right? So you can turn pretty much any inanimate object into a rare style anthropomorphic inanimate object. Is this <laughs> so, like being a- so stick it to like a wad of bills to recreate the wad of bills from Conquer Bad Fur Day. Mm-hmm. Or stick it to your com- computer monitor, create an unsettling feeling that you should be looking at its eyes instead of a screen. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are some other creative places to stick these eyes? Mm. On, a, on a photo? I mean... I guess. Um, like, on, a, on like, a person's face? Yeah, there you go. Somebody's forehead. <laughs> like, not, not, on the, on the, not in the photo. I mean, just <laughs> on them. Jam, right in the forehead. My eyes are up here, buddy. Hey. <laughs> I mean, who's to say, Ray? Maybe, one, maybe they'll be one of those things that we... And we do tend to forget get about things sometimes until they show up. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll be Jinjo figs. That just randomly show up, like, oh yeah. You're still on this gentle kick, Michael. I'm moving along. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, Michael. We are, we are uh, we're also launching a Meat Boy figurine, which, along with a trip to the saw blade section of your local hardware store, will allow you to recreate many classic scenes from the game. <laughs> we also have a wave of Dead Cells merchandise. There's a shirt called The Island, designed by Ian Wilding. A snapback hat designed by hat enthusiast Tony Kucher, who, as I believe, single-handedly expanded our hat lineup by several hundred percent. Oh yeah. Uh, we also have a plush toy of, I, I, I assume it's the main character, holding a loaf of bread. The, the plush is called Bread Cells. I, I don't know if that... I'd like to take credit for that. I'm pretty sure that was me. Okay, I don't know anything about Dead Cells. I have uh, read oh. that it's a roguelike, souls-like Metroidvania, and I, but I've never played it. All three of those sound correct to me. Okay. <laughs> I, I have at least played that game. Okay, all right. So, so is, first of all, so the plush is the main character. Yes. Okay. Just, and what is the significance of the bread? My Power. understanding is that, like, in the game, you can change what kind of, like, health items drop. Mm. So you have the option to make it uh, so that instead of, like, meat, you get baguettes. Okay. And so... Uh, so to, to make certain that, like, you don't feel uncomfortable playing the game if you are vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the that, vegan, yeah, vegan option. I that guess. is... You know what? Not enough people th- think about that. Yeah, it's pretty there cute. There you go. It's like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if Nina, somebody came up with the idea. It's like, oh, it'd be really cute if the plush was holding a baguette. And there, now now it exists. There it, it exists is. exists in this world. That, that's how these products come into come into existence. Is somebody's like, oh, it'd be cute if we did this. And there, All it takes is just for someone to just blurt something out and it gets willed into existence. There you go. So outside of those new launches, are there any Fangamer products you guys would like to shine a spotlight on? Some favorites that people should maybe look up and give a second look? I would definitely say the uh, the Brett Cells plush. Is, is we plush. just talked about that one. Give well, me something. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, did we talk about the, the, the Stardew Valley stuff? Uh, what Stardew? Give me, gotta be the, specific. The, the, what? Uh, well, yeah, we, uh, I don't think we launched those yet. Did we oh. launch those? I don't think we did. No. Alright, give okay. me something else, Mark. Um, Gotta edit that one out. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Strike one. Um, well, that's take two, Michael. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> you one more chance. All right, all right. I'm getting out of here, by the <laughs> You can't walk off the base before you've struck out, Michael. <laughs> Strike three. <laughs> <laughs> You're staying. <laughs> well, this is going to be an awkward situation. Me just standing here with the batter. I, I hope you'll keep that in and just bleep out. <laughs> oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> think, think of a product that does not sell nearly enough for how cool it is that's the question 
Well, while you're thinking, Carpalay Drifter thing. There, how about that? Oh, good. All right, thank you. All right, <laughs> you, you you hit it. You hit the home run, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> yes, he Ma- did. Make, make your rounds. Read. <laughs> uh, I am gonna stump for the golf story, CE, mm. because it's very cool. It, like Tony did a great job put this whole thing together. Golf Story is a phenomenal game. It's it's hilarious, uh, and it's fun even if you don't like golf, which I I do not care about golf. Yeah, I have yeah. no interest in golf. Golf Story is a lot of fun. I played Golf Story for a little while, and after and like I, I beat it, and afterwards I was like, you know, I wonder if I would like golf. No, <laughs> it turns out no, still no, don't. No correlation. No, no. <laughs> That's why it's a good game because yeah. it's not golf like. <laughs> well, man, you should have played uh, Everybody's Golf. That's a fun game. It's uh, it is not it's not along the same lines. Everybody's golf is just wild and crazy. Whereas yeah. golf story is still it's about golf nominally, but it's it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe golf story. I don't know. It, it, it's it's a story. I think yeah, the story yeah. part is the important bit, yeah. and also just like I mean, of course, a video game golf is also inherently different than right. actual golf. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll enjoy uh, like Kirby's Dream Course maybe as an example, which is basically golf except you're Kirby. Mm. And he is the ball. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, very golf-like. Um, you're going for, you know, under par if you can. But, it, you know, that doesn't mean you like golf. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's all the fan gamer news I've got for this week. Let's move on to local news. And I'm going to end up going through local news pretty quick because... I've really got him get moving. All right. Uh, so for today's Tucson news, I want to touch, touch upon a subject that's very important to many of us here. It's recycling. Mm. And I don't have time to read all this stuff that I wrote earlier. So I'm just going to say Tucson cutting back on its recycling because recycling, the whole like business is kind of shot right now. Yeah. This is what it sounds like whenever I paraphrase long paragraphs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's reduced, Tucson is reducing its recycling program. Uh, and you know what? We're just going to have to deal with that. All I can say is advice for everybody. Take the time to do your recycling, right? Don't put trash in there. Don't put, I'm not going to say the things I've heard that end up in, because that would just turn, that would just make things sad. Yeah. Wash things before you put it in there. Look up your local recycling program. If you have one, if you're lucky enough to have one, they probably have advice about what to put in there and what not to put in there. Make certain it's clean and do it right. Keep up your good habits and hopefully you'll still have them whenever recycling actually makes sense again. Because look it up, it doesn't really make sense right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's move on and answer some listener questions because I think that that's going to be funner than the Tucson news I was going to read before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the floodgates have been opened after a drought of audio questions. We suddenly have two episodes Whoa. with audio questions in a row. Oh! Wow! Yes. With fur- without further ado, or with further ado, uh, no. Without Wait, can we do it. a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Okay, now. Okay, yeah. Hello, fan gamer. This is Kirkland. 
And my question to you this week is who created the general visual branding for the company and what were the decisions behind some of the designs? I'm in particular referring to the logo and the banners on the website. For the logo, why that shape in particular, the bright green color and the plus sign? Do all those aspects of it mean anything or was that just a design the company liked and went with? Same with the banners on the website. I get that the shapes in the background are video game themed, but why those shapes over some others and what about the color choices? I'm really curious to learn about the origin of all this because I don't think it's ever been brought up before and I'd like to know. Also, as a side thing, can you name this song in the background? N no, I, I didn't get this idea from Mustin. I, I don't know where you got that thought from. I tried to make mine a little easier than his, so hopefully some of you have an idea of where it's from, but I might have made it a little too easy, who knows. Anyways, thanks for having me on and for answering my question, and I'll see you all next time I ask one. See you then. Kirkland, thank you for that question. I would like to lead off here by saying I'm pretty sure all three of us know the answer to the music question. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a gimme for me because I have talked on this podcast several times about how much I've been playing this game. So I am going to recuse. Okay, so on three, I think we should all say it at the same time. One, two, three. Start the so Oh, I won! I won! Too okay, bad. all right. But here, here, here's the here's the narrower part. Uh, what season? Oh, summer. I, I, I'm pretty sure Michael's right. I think no, it's yes, it in your face. <laughs> yeah. In my face. <laughs> all right. So to uh, address the branding, I can answer all those questions because uh, I was there for all of it, and it was all John. I was going to say, uh, didn't John, uh, if I remember correctly, like there was like a video of like John like explaining um, like some of the designs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was probably John's sketchbook video back yeah. in the day. Uh, but I remember when we started Fangamer, John was a great designer. He, you know, he was uh, he'd been doing logos and stuff for a little while. It's like, all right, John, now's your chance. Replace my ugly Fangamer logo with a much better one. And so he sketched out a bunch of concepts, and uh, he he scanned the page and sent it to me. And I saw it down there in the corner. I was like, oh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. And so the 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 Fangamer logo is kind of a um, it's kind of a plus with another uh, little. Like square uh, pixel thing. up in the top corner and that was kind of like we kind of wanted to evoke a gamepad like a d-pad kind of yeah design. Like I, I might go take like whenever i post this episode i might like post a picture of like your original uh the thing oh, which yeah, i also yeah. had the uh the the, the design actually, i was gonna the, say probably make you like find john's old video too and like post it up oh yeah, yeah i can probably link that too. yeah yeah so yeah my original logo that i just kind of threw out there for fangamer was just a d-pad and the word fangamer and so John designed this mark that had kind of a D-pad, but it also turned it into an F, which some people don't see. Uh, sometimes they'll be like, oh, oh, it is an F. You know, they don't really recognize it as an F. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the colors, uh, green is probably just because I like green. And I think I John also likes green. Yeah, so. we actually had like a plan at some point where like the, the green one would be like the store and then mm -hmm. like red would be something else and then green would be something else i'm yeah. sorry blue would be something else and then uh but we didn't really stick with it very much yeah it was just like all right it, it works in any color whatever yep <laughs> yeah. and then for the branding behind it like the little icons and stuff uh john calls that the Fanamari, or at least originally it was called the Fanamari, and then uh he updated it a couple of years ago to call it the galactamari because he kind of changed it he swapped out some imagery and basically, John just dropped a bunch of stuff in there that he wanted to use to evoke gaming in general without being too specific. I mean, there are some very specific images in there. There's like a, a go-kart. You know, it's like, okay, that's definitely a Mario Kart thing. But it's also, go-karts are fun, you know. 
Uh, there's a skull. There's a lot of skulls in video games, you know. And that's that's all from John's brain. Like all all of the Fangamer branding has really been mostly John leading and guiding it because he's been here from the beginning. He was the first designer and he was one of the founding members of the company. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we have to get him. Hopefully, get him on the podcast sometime and maybe he can talk about more stuff. It's harder to get him on uh, anybody who's like works remote. So I have to catch them whenever they come to visit and be like. Come sit in a room with me for an hour and a half and talk about yourself. Hey, Which, in a couple of weeks, so yeah, be here. Yeah, Done. so we'll see if I can if I can uh, rope him in. Yeah, I think we we've, we've definitely had more people put their fingers into the visual style of the website now. Oh yeah, but just so much of it is still definitely like John oversees and like I, I can tell you like as far as icon icon iconography iconography. Yeah. Thank you. Like that's just something that John will just do on his own time. Just mm-hmm. like sit there and be like. Make an icon out of this, and he just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so quintessentially John, yeah. Yeah, as for the design of the site, like they were mentioning the, the hero banners and stuff, like mm-hmm. on the site, uh, that's kind of a collaborative effort. Like, some of it's Brian Koya, our developer, who does a lot of work in making sure the stuff you can be swapped out easily. Some of it's Amanda, she handles a lot of our launches and she'll put together the actual graphics that go there. And she sometimes she used to take the photos that went there too. Uh, now, Erica takes a lot of the photos that end up being used for that. Uh, John has also been helping out with like guiding the website and where it's going. Um, we're actually contracting with my old friend Christopher Thomas. He's actually helping us with the user interface and design of the site. We're actually tweaking it, hopefully getting it launched before Black Friday. Just to make it easier to find stuff because we've got a lot of products. Yeah. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of products. And, and, and it's currently set up to where like a lot of the, the older stuff just gets buried by the newer stuff, which yeah. is how a lot of things work, but it's not great. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to find ways to make it easier for people to find what they want. And uh, yeah, hopefully in that process. Uh, I mean, it really touches on a lot of different people at the company and get involved in making that happen. All right, one more question from uh, William Rourke, uh, am on Twitter, says, Reach and tell a cute story about Iris. Let's see. I got a lot of them. Uh... <laughs> Let me think of the best one. We'll have to have like a whole nother episode that's just all about cute kid stories. Yeah, yeah. I can say that uh, Iris has been, I've been playing Goose Game and Link's Awakening with Iris. And she she loves Goose Game because she likes being a goose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she loves being a stinker. Uh, Link's Awakening, I thought she would take to immediately just because of how like cute and like basic it is. But she is very afraid of enemies <laughs> she does not she does not like having to fight enemies i can't tell if it's that or if she's just kind of like video game lazy because she knows i'll do it mm. so she really makes it my problem okay. uh, so I, i'm kind of debating with myself like all right how much do i need to push back on this to make sure she's brought up in the way she should go be having having the the what the skills and tools she needs to take on the enemies herself instead mm-hmm. of handing the controller to her dad yeah. You can ask Erica about it. Yeah. Erica, same same situation. She mm. definitely had a dad play video games with her. Would uh, sometimes just she'd get to a hard part. She'd be like, she'd hand hand it over to her dad. Uh, she told us a story about how uh, she really wanted to get the game Silent Hill, <laughs> and her dad was like, "All right, but I'm not going to help you with it." And she's <laughs> like, "Okay," and she beat the whole thing on her own. Just okay, yeah, she, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Call back yeah. to the previous episode. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're going to have to plan another episode uh, just to talk about cute kid stories. But that for now, uh, I'm going to have to go pick up my own cute kid very soon. <laughs> so that's all I've got for audience questions today. 
Uh, listeners, if you have any questions you'd like to ask, please send them to us. You can email your questions to your friends at fangamer.com or you can tweet them to at fangamerfriends. You can also send us audio questions. I'm more than happy to continue playing this Guess the Music game with you guys. Uh, if You can send audio to us through the Anchor app or on your phone or by simply recording yourself and emailing the audio file to your friends at fangamer.com. Whether via text or audio, you can ask us pretty much anything, though depending on the question, I can't guarantee a sincere a- a- answer if it's like outside of our area of expertise. Uh, we're all experts at the subject of Fangamer, but in addition to that, I'm an expert at uh, removing weather bug from my mom's computer. What are some of your areas of expertise outside of Fangamer, Michael, and Reed? Professional cat disliker. Wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, how, how to find the flaws in such perfect, gentle creatures. That's me. I'm very good at it. Flaw one. They wake up at 6 a.m. screaming. For attention. I can't say it because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, what are you an expert at? You gotta be an expert at something. Spouting random nonsense. (laughs) All right. Uh, So that pretty much does it for us this week. Any final thoughts? Drink water every day. Drink water every day. Drink water every day. All right. Thank you very much. Drink water every day. Thank you very much, Reed and Michael, for joining me this week. (laughs) Listeners, if you would like to support this podcast, please consider buying something from the Fangamer store. Alternately, just share us with your friends, tweet about us, or even tweet at us. Thank you, Super Soul Brothers, for the music on this episode, as well as Eric Barone for the music in the background of Kirkland's question. And thank you, listener, for listening. We're your friends at Fangamer. Try to make someone smile today and Let's plan on hanging out again next week. Goodbye. Tea, 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 tea. <laughs>